Hello everyone, my name's Anne Taylor and I'm one of the editors of the Feldenkrais Guild UK newsletter. I'm here today with Ryan Jansen, who's a really experienced practitioner based in London. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Um, so our aim is to keep these interviews quite short and sweet and uh, sort of quite functional. So I'm going to ask you three questions and then ask you to teach a mini ATM um, that, yeah, to people. So how does that sound? Doable. Okay, great, brilliant. So the qu first question I have for you is what brought you to the Feldenkrais method? One word, injury. And I, I was a physio at the time or nearly finished physiotherapy training at the time. I'd seen a whole bunch of physiotherapists and other practitioners. I had some stress fractures in my lower back that, that weren't allowing me to play the sports I wanted to play. I'd been doing Pilates for about a year and a half and had a rock hard stomach that I liked looking at in the mirror. And it just didn't work for me. I lost all my speed. And I had a colleague who kept saying, go try Feldenkrais, go try Feldenkrais. And it took about, unfortunately, 10 times for her to needle me. I went and it was still probably the most profound experience of my life, the first ever FI I received. And that was with Julie Peck. And that was it. From then on, I pursued. Right. And that was the one-to-one -one session, FI. Yeah, my introduction was through FI and I, and, I, and I was mad for it. I had about probably 10 FIs before I even considered doing an ATM. Right. Okay, great. And so what? my next question is, what's your favourite thing about the Feldenkrais method? <sighs> That's tough. I'm just going to say laying on the floor. What a, what a fabulous excuse to have a lie on the floor. I love the way how it questions. It just continues to question and evoke curiosity and thus keep me young. Yeah, I agree. I love the way it's just, you know, easy, so easy, no effort. Hmm. Brilliant. Okay, so I know you've got lots of clients, many of them quite high profile, and I'm not expecting you to name any names or anything, but I just wondered if you have a favourite example of how Feldenkrais has helped someone, um, you know, as an example of its potential. Well, there's, there's lots, but I guess the, the, my favourite ones, because a lot of people do come to me because of pain. They, they, they come to me because they have a specific knee injury and because of my background in physio, they'll go, oh, he must know something about that. And we start with that and it goes, well, frankly, they, they improve. They're, the way they use themselves improves and that's no longer an issue. But then they get hooked. And not only is it their knee or whatever, then, oh, this aspect of their life gets better and that aspect. And, and the next thing, they're, they're, they're thinking, they notice changes in their thinking, their sensing, their feeling. And the ones that come for something that's, you know, run of the mill in a, in a, in a, in a kind of medical world end up discovering way different aspects of themselves and, and growing as people. And that happens with, with loads of my clients. And they, they no longer see me for pain or stuff. It's just for for continuing self-development mm. and would you say in some ways then it's quite addictive 
Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those people, yeah. And, and many of those people that I work with in those sorts of, sort of circumstances then do, if their life permits, go on and, and, and do a training, which, as you know, is a most marvellous pursuit. Best thing I've ever done. Yeah, same. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so awareness through movement lessons are usually about 45 minutes long, aren't they, or, or an hour? So but we're trying to keep this short and sweet. So I wondered if you would mind giving us a mini version as a kind of taster for the people watching or listening. For sure. And I'll definitely, I'll definitely add to this saying, you, the way I work, almost every client gets homework. So most of my clients get a, a snippet. It might be a two-minute, a five-minute thing to explore on a daily basis. So, okay, it's not the in-depth work, but I, I, I'm a big fan of the mini ATM. Great. Should we do one? Let's do one. <laughs> this, is, this is one that's just very practical and a bit of fun and because we're on Zoom, I can see you. So, yeah. okay. so I'll be your, your um, student, as it were. You're going to say guinea pig? <laughs> news <laughs> so please sit on the front edge of your chair and notice what it feels like to sit tonight just take my glasses off yeah what do you notice you know where do you go how comfortable are you And then whatever this means, please give me your worst posture. <laughs> You're really tired. And whether that means slumping or, yeah, that's it. So how long could you sit like that for? You can ask yourself. And then now assume your, whatever this means, best posture. Feel what that's like. How long could you sit like that? And then what do you do to go between those two postures? So slowly, really slowly, go between the two postures and notice what do you do? How do you do that? More specifically, which parts of you do you use to, to, to change shape like that? And there's lots of bits of you that I can see that are involved. What leads the movement? Is it your back, your head, your pelvis? Is it a certain part of your back? And then continue doing the same thing, but I'll get you to leave your face oriented forwards. So you're looking at the pretend computer screen. Well, there is a computer screen. So you're looking at the computer screen. We'll make it a little bit more functional. And that's a constraint. So notice which bits of you move now. 
And then please leave that for a moment. I'd like you to sit on your hands. I'd like you to sit on your hands with the backs of your hands on the, on the chair. Hopefully you're not on a hard chair. Otherwise you could use a jumper or something there. Or So the, the soft pads of your fingers are feeling for your sit bones. They're pretty large. They're the size of eggs. So, you know, kind of, Find it, find it so you can feel them and your, and your hands aren't hurting. And then resume this movement of going between, slowly going between the two postures. Can you feel how when you grow taller or erect yourself, those bones move relatively backwards of your fingers? And when you slump, and let's keep your head kind of on the computer screen, those bones move relatively forwards of your fingers. Now that does depend a little bit where you put your hands. So if it's not like that, maybe adjust your hands so you're in the, more in the middle of your sit bones. But that'll be the case with most humans. And then it, it just depends how much they move. All right, leave that, come off your hands. So we used your hands to soup up your awareness. Awareness always being the number one aspect of, of Feldenkrais. And now just by drawing awareness to your sit bones like that, yeah, continue the movement of, of going between slumping and erecting yourself with your head forward or head on the screen. And just notice, is it different? Is the, is the movement just by touching your sit bones, is that, has it changed? And continue this. And the next question is, do we know those sit bones are going forwards and backwards? You can feel them now over the chair. Do those sit bones narrow or widen at any time? Can you feel that they get closer together or further apart when you're either taller or shorter? Is it possible to sense? Maybe more on one, maybe more on the other. Maybe both. And then leave it and please stand up. In standing, touch your sit bones. Where are they? Well, they're, they're underneath your kind of folds of your buttock, really close to the midline. So every, unless you broke your wrist as a kid, you can really, you can, you can touch them. You can find the hard, hard bits of bone. And they're really close to the midline, so you, we can move fast in, in space and chase, chase things or escape things. Keep your hands on the sit bones in sitting and slowly sit in the chair and feel what happens to the sit bones as you sit. Mm. They widen. It's genius design. They widen so that the weight of your torso is over a larger base of support when you're sitting. Have a stand. Keep your hands on those sit bones and feel when do they widen? Do they widen straight away or do they begin to widen kind of halfway through the movement or two-thirds through the movement? My experience of this and of working with people is that they generally start to really widen later on in the movement. So have a stand one more time and, and feel, really pay attention. You can touch your sit bones or you can just feel, sense them in your, in, in your sensing. 
feel how the really last bit, they really achieve their maximum width just before you land on the chair. Right. Now, so my point of this mini ATM is if you fall into a chair, then you're denying yourself the potential of using your sit bones. I don't care how people sit. I'm very interested in how they get there, how they set the base of support. So one more time, please stand up. You don't need your hands to feel this, but excuse me, that seat of yours now is kind of covered in, you're in a very dirty cafe or pub and you don't, you want to hover, hover over the toilet seat. Slowly sit, but just hover. Don't let your backside touch it because you, you don't want to touch it. And people do this. I'm sure everyone is familiar with this experience and they work and their legs get tired. And their legs get so tired and then come up, stand up tall and do the same thing. But now think about the spreading of your, of your sit bones. Now, all of a sudden, it's a different strategy that's much, much easier. And then slowly sit. Yeah, once you've got the close and feel the width of your sit bones. Now, from that position, if you set the base that well, now just you know, slump and, and erect yourself and just feel what it's like to have to, to do that now. It's feel harder like, to slump. Oh, <laughs> and feel the initial bit of the slump. Feel how much of the initial slump actually can be done with your pelvis because I believe it's harder to slump with your back. So you can do a whole bunch of wonderful slumping in your pelvis before it affects your breath. So this... Mini ATM is pretty much, and something that I work with with so many clients, you know, how do I sit? It's such a common question, and we can go into how one uses oneself. But ultimately, I encourage people to stop falling into chairs. And a really good time to practice this is when you go to the toilet. No one's watching you. You can really control your descent when you go to the toilet, and um, that could be a way of helping this to integrate. Brilliant. Cool. I feel really wide. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for giving up your time to talk to us today. It's, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Bye.